Hey guys, welcome back to the Absite Smackdown podcast. Today, we're going to share with you one of the videos from the recent review course. This one is colorectal. Enjoy. Best of luck on the Absite this year if you haven't taken it already. And now, let's get to it. Welcome to the Absite Smackdown podcast. We'll talk clinical scenarios, Absite facts, and interesting general surgery knowledge. Now, let's get to it. Alrighty. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, my name is uh, Carlos uh, Palacio, and I am uh, a trauma and critical care surgeon. I'm located in South Texas, and we will be talking this afternoon about uh, colorectal, the colorectal chapter on our upside is Mike Down book. I see David as well here. Uh, welcome, David. Uh, Let's see uh, if Jessica can pull up the PowerPoint, please. Excellent. So, of course, you know, the colorectal chapter, uh, we have to start our uh, lecture talking about embryology. And uh, the colon usually develops during the fourth gestational eight week. And uh, the internal aspect of the colon is made mostly of, of endoderm, uh, except uh, the distal anal canal, which is... Uh, formed by ectoderm, uh, usually the right colon and, uh, and the proximal transverse colon gets its blood supply, blood supply from the SMA, which comes from the midgut. And then the distal portion of it uh, comes mostly, as well as the left colon comes from the IMA, uh, which is part of the hindgut. Uh, next. On this slide, uh, I know the picture is kind of in an odd uh, shape, but there are two watershed areas uh, in the colon, and they are Griffin's point, which is uh, at the splenic flexure, as well as the pseudic point, which is uh, in the rectal uh, sigmoid area. Next. The next two slides uh, represent uh, basically the four histologic layers uh, of the colon. Uh, you can see them uh, there. Uh, it's very important to uh, remember that the colonocytes obtain their uh, fuel from butyrate. Uh, that's the most important amino acid from them. I've sent that question multiple times uh, and during my upside uh, times. And next. The Absite Smackdown podcast. Visit the Smackdown at AbsiteSmackdown.com. This is to remind us uh, about the uh, four anatomical layers. Uh, usually the outer muscle is longitudinal and the inner muscle uh, is uh, circular. Next. This is uh, an important slide reminding us about the, the facial, facial layers uh, of the pelvic area. Uh, remember that the external sphincter uh, is usually uh, voluntarily. The inner one is involuntarily. Uh, this and here as well, we're going to talk about those facial layers. That's going to be uh, Waldeyer's fascia, uh, Denerbiller's fascia, that in males separates the rectum uh, from the seminal vesicles on the prostate. I've seen this question as well multiple times, and we're going to talk about it at the end uh, during our questions as well. Uh, next. 
some differences uh, here between the colon and the small bowel. And I know that when you're in surgery, the main one that you see, even radiologic image sometimes when somebody has an obstruction is the ostra. Uh, and that's happened in the colon. The small bowel doesn't have it. The colon also has the uh, epiploica and then the tinea uh, as well. Uh, next. This is a nice slide of the blood supply. Uh, you're gonna see here what we were discussing on the right side is usually uh, SMA and on the left side uh, is usually IMA. Don't forget about the two watershed areas that we discussed before. And then uh, I've seen also in questions the marginal artery of Drummond that it's connecting all the uh, branches of that, of that colon. Uh, next. This uh, slide reminds us of uh, what I've discussed before. You know, the internal analyst fincher is uh, innervated by sympathetic and parasympathetic fibers. So uh, it's mostly external is mostly voluntarily while the internal is not. Next. And now we're gonna move on to different pathologies that uh, are part of the, of the colon uh, Chapter one, of course, is acute appendicitis. You know, it's a distal uh, occlusion of the appendiceal lumen, uh, usually secondary to lymphoid hyperplasia in adults. Uh, it could be also caused by a tumor or by a ficolith. Uh, in older patients, of course, in your differential, you have to consider cancer as, as part of it. Patient usually presents with high-grade fevers, usually more than 24 hours. Uh, next. Uh, abdominal discomfort, you're going to have nausea, you have fever, anorexia. Uh, just remember that in pregnant patients, uh, children under five years old, uh, the symptoms of appendicitis can be masked uh, a little bit. They're not going to be as straightforward as an adult uh, patient. Uh, elderly patients as well as uh, children are also going to present with late signs, and some most of the time they're already uh, perforated when when this happened. Your pain, of course, is going to be on the right lower quadrant, uh, and of course you're going to have uh, Robson sign. You're going to part of your workup. You're going to include full set of labs, CBC, BMP, uh, pregnancy, and children's. I think uh, ultrasound would be a little bit better for diagnosis, but of course you can get uh, a CT scan, especially in females. Uh, in males, the diagnosis tend to be a little bit more clinical. Uh, next slide. Uh, in pregnant patients, if you wanna limit uh, the amount of uh, radiation that they receive, then you can um, order an MRI, but sometimes this is taken to the extreme. The treatment, of course, is uh, an appendectomy. If you have a phlegmon or an abscess, then you sometimes can get away by giving antibiotics and do a, an interval appendectomy. That's gonna depend on other factors as well. Uh, next. 
We're going to talk now about carcinoid. This is the most common malignancy uh, of the appendix. Uh, 90% occurs either at the appendix or the distal, the distal ileum. You can uh, obtain uh, serum and serotonin as well as urine serotonin as part of the labs that you can order, and only 10% uh, are associated with uh, carcinoid. Next. Don't forget your indication. So this is a very uh, qu a very common question that I've seen uh, on my on my app site, and you have them here very well delineated. You know, if it's more than two centimeters, then we're going to do right a hemicolectomy. If it's less than ten, just an appendectomy. Less than two centimeters. I'm sorry. It's usually uh, or near the tip. That's usually you're going to get away with a, an appendectomy. But if it's located at the base, then you're going to go for your uh, right uh, hemicolectomy. If there are meds, uh, just hepatic meds, make sure you debulk it and of course treat the patient with octreotide uh, to treat symptoms if there is any meds. Uh, next. Another pathology is uh, tiflitis. It's masqueraded by appendicitis. Uh, don't forget your neutropenic enterocolitis. Please, please, please don't operate on these patients. Make sure you obtain your ANC. Uh, patients, uh, of course, it's going to be like an appendicitis type of symptoms. And for the most part, you, you can get away with an NG tube, uh, turn the patient MPO with some IV fluids. Uh, you can give them also Neupogen uh, if needed be. Next. For large bowel obstruction, uh, it's very important. Uh, usually, the most common cause for a large, large bowel obstruction is cancer. Don't be very vigilant about these patients because they can develop a close uh, loop of obstruction, which is uh, an emergency. So you have to really be, be careful with this with these patients. Some of the causes that can cause this large bowel obstruction, you know, cancer, diverticulitis, volvulus, some additions, uh, and of course, your pseudo-obstruction. Uh, next, uh, you can order labs, but they're not going to tell you anything other than there is an increase uh, in Wycon and there is a process. You, of course, are going to get your x-rays, as we see here, follow up by uh, your CT, make sure you fill the tank, do your fluid resuscitation, make the patient MPO, NG tube, correct the electrolytes, correct the underlying costs. Okay, if it's ogilvis, then uh, you're probably going to treat it medically. But if it's large, large bowel obstruction caused by mechanical reasons, you might need to take the patient um, to the operating room. As we said, for ogilvis, it's either your neostigmine or your uh, decompression. And I've seen that question multiple times uh, as well. Next. Bulbulus is your uh, one of the causes of it. Uh, usually only 5% of it happens with it. Uh, as I mentioned, be very vigilant about that closed loop obstruction. If there is a twist more than 100 degrees, then that might become, that is probably an emergency. Uh, Increased factors include your chronic constipation, your megacolon, pregnancy, and sometimes redundant segment. That redundant symptom segment is very frequently in those patients that are elderly patients as well. Cecal uh, bascule is the folding of the cecum anterior medial of itself, and it's also a close becomes a closed loop obstruction. Next. 
The cecal volvulus uh, is when the cecum rotates around the ileocolic vessels, uh, twisting its own mesentery. Again, that's what you're going to see here. Your signs is the sigmoid uh, volvulus uh, or uh, narrowing with the beard with the beard's peak. Your coffee bean as well is is also uh, seen on this X-ray. Uh, of course, the patient is going to need to. Uh, go to the operating room eventually, but you might perform uh, an endoscopic decompression with placement of rectal tube if uh, the sigmoid volvulus is not strangulated, okay? The cecal one, it is going to require an emergency surgery as well as cecopexy or a right uh, hemicolectomy. Uh, next, please. Diverticula, it's very common. Uh, it's a very common disease. Uh, and of course, you have several risk factors, obesity, low fiber diet, tobacco, constipation, and of course, somebody with a sedentary life. Uh, it's very important to remember the herniation of the mucosa at a weak point in the muscularis. And then you're going to have two different pathologies. One is going to be your diverticulosis, which is non-inflamed lesions, and your diverticulitis, which is when there is an inflammation uh, with possible uh, micro perforations. And of course, that comes with other sets of complications, so, so, such as your stricture, your obstruction, and of course, your cross perforation. Next. Your diverticulosis usually presents with bright red blood per rectum, different to the diverticulitis, which is uh, lower quadrant pain. YCON is going to be non-specific, and your CT scan is the way you're going to demonstrate an internal uh, an internal process. Your diverticulosis, you're going to do high fiber diet, and usually resolves spontaneously. Next, on the other hand, uh, diverticulitis, you can treat it with bowel rest, oral antibiotics, but sometimes you might need to put a drain on the patient if there is an abscess, and of course, uh, operate emergently if there is a perforation. Uh, or uh, which in that case, you're going to end up doing Harman procedures, uh, especially if the patient is pretty, pretty sick from the sepsis uh, episode. Uh, perforation with an abscess, sometimes you're able to put drained, percutaneous drain it, and patients sometimes do well, but just if he's not, if the patient is not doing well, then you probably have to take him uh, to the operating room. Uh, next. Lower GI, very common as well, uh, and as a consult uh, and in the ICU, uh, mostly occurs in males. Uh, you can have different causes, such as angiodysplasia, diverticulosis, sometimes meckles. Uh, usually the lower GI bleeds is, uh, stops spontaneously. Uh, you be very mindful and have some guides as far as oper uh, operative interventions. If you have six PRB, if you're given six PRBCs to the patient within the first 24 hours, that patient belong belongs to the operating room. Uh, make sure you drop your NG tube. Look and see if it's villous. Uh, remember, if it's whitish, that doesn't mean it's not an upper GI. Uh, it needs to be. It needs to be uh, villous. The NG tube is not a perfect test to rule out an upper GI source. Uh, next. Of course, if that upper uh, GI lavage, or if you put your NG tube and there is blood, then that patient needs a, a, an EGD. If there is no upper GI uh, bleed uh, with that NG tube, then you're going to 
go with colonoscopy. But don't forget, you also have other uh, diagnostic tests. You can do an angiography if, if this is fast bleed, or you can do a tech scan if it's on a slow uh, bleed. Uh, you know, sometimes if the bleeding is totally uncontrolled after an angioembolization, then the patient is going to require surgical intervention. Try to locate that area beforehand because otherwise you're going to leave that patient with uh, mostly no colon. So make sure that at least you locate that, uh, that area. Evaluate also the small bowel, uh, either when you're doing your endoscopy or your colonoscopy, try to intubate uh, the terminal LEM as well. Next. Let's move a little bit about now about uh, inflammatory bowel, bowel disease. Let's talk about uh, UC first. Uh, there are some, it's basically both Crohn's and UC. You have listed there the extra-intestinal manifestations of both of them. Uh, and uh, it's very important uh, to remember that for UC, the colonoscopy, sorry, the colectomy is not going to treat that ankylosis spondylitis. And, and that is a question that I've seen uh, several times. These patients with inflammatory bowel disease are going to require colonoscopies starting at uh age 8 or 10 after the diagnosis because the risk of colorectal cancer goes up. Next. The Absite Smackdown podcast is based on the best-selling review book, Absite Smackdown, the only Absite review with an entire video review course included. Visit AbsiteSmackdown.com and pick it up today. Uh, for UC, is uh, very important. You know, the patient is going to present with diarrhea, blood per rectum, abdominal pain, uh, fever. Uh, you have your risk, uh, which is being descendant uh, of Ashkenazi Jewish, and uh, the diagnosis is going to be with colonoscopy um, during a, getting into your biopsy. Bleeding, toxic megacolon, fulminant UC, colorectal cancer and the extra intestinal manifestations are uh, you're gonna are gonna be there okay you already listed you have them there learn it because I've sent it multiple times in the website and as we said before uh, some of those manifestations are gonna get better uh, with that colectomy anemia arthritis and the ocular issues. As we said before, the ankylosis, the spondylitis, and the primary sclerosis, cholangitis, are not going to get better with, uh, with uh, the colectomy. Next slide, please. On your treatment, uh, the acute attack, of course, is going to be steroids, infliximab, aspirin, and cyclosporin, and you also have the maintenance therapy listed there. Uh, you only take the patient to surgery if really, 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 really it becomes an emergency one. And usually for that, it's going to be a subtotal colectomy uh, with an NLE ostomy. Elective procedures are going to be a total proctocolectomy with ileal pouch and NL, NL anastomosis, but usually those are elective cases. Uh, next. So for Crohn disease, usually uh, second and sixth decade is where it peaks. Is 
as we said, unlike as you see, uh, that is only in the colon, Crohn's disease goes everywhere. It's anywhere in the GI tract. It's most common in the terminal ileum. They have described those as keep lesions in the questions mainstem, and uh, they also uh, refer to as non-cassiating granulomas and some cobblestonin on strictures. Next. Complications of Crohn's, of course, you can see it here, toxic megacolon, small bowel cancer, colorectal cancer. Uh, treat your, the perianal disease with flagell, and uh, the treatments for the maintenance and acute attacks are very similar to UC, as we mentioned it before. Next. Carcinoid of the colon and rectum. 15% uh, of carcinoid tumors are located in this, in this area. Uh, usually low rectal carcinoids are greater than two centimeters and uh, less, try to leave less than two centimeters or any size with invasion uh, of the muscular propia, then you have to perform an APR. Next. The colorectal syndromes associated with uh, hamartomatous polyps, then you have putes jagger and juvenile polyposis. Butte's jigger, usually the polyps are in the ileum and jejunum, uh, can be also in the rectum. Both diseases are autosomal dominant, and uh, the buccal mucosa is hyperpigmented. Remember the associated cancers, which is breast, uh, pancreas, and biliary. Uh, for juvenile polyposis, uh, the polyps are anywhere in the GI tract, and the risk uh, for uh, colorectal cancers, of course, is increased. Uh, next, the next uh, colorectal syndromes associated with polyps are Cowden uh, syndrome and Crohn-like Canada uh, syndrome. And Cowden PTAN mutations is the cause. You're going to see those polyps and leiomyomas in the uterus, as well as breast and thyroid cancer. Uh, next. Let's talk about uh, colorectal cancer now. Uh, usually the incidence is equal in men and women. Second leading cause of cancer death uh, in the U.S. Uh, remember the APC, DCC, P53, and KRAS are the main uh, mutations. Adenomas are premalignant. Tubular adenomas are most common. And bilious have an increased risk of cancer compared to tubular bilious and tubular. That's very important because they will ask you that as well uh, on the test. Uh, CEA is going to be increased and sometimes can be seen. Next, as part of your workup, your physical exam, uh, your CT, your colonoscopy with biopsy, you can get your EUS uh, as well as your MRI of the pelvis to look for. Uh, soft tissue injuries, uh, and uh, your CT. Uh, treatment of rectal cancer is different from colon, okay? Cancer, and it includes also radiation and chemotherapy. That's a big difference as well that it's worth uh, noting. Next. I'm not going to get in-depth into this into the next two slides, but I'll learn your TNM because I've seen him as well. Next. And another uh, next slide, and then an alternative uh, staging for colon cancer. It's as well the Duke classification, which you're going to see on this the next two slides. Next, please. Next. 
uh, Lynch syndrome. Uh, of course, don't forget your three to one rule, your Amsterdam criteria, three relatives with colorectal cancer, two generations and one before the age uh, of uh, 50. Next. So going to the colon cancer syndromes, you have your HPCC, uh, which is your Lynch syndrome. You have two, you have one and two. Uh, don't forget that they occur to a mutation of DNA mismatch repair genes. Uh, they are going to ask you that as well on the test. Your annual colonoscopy starts at years 2025 or 10 years earlier than the age at youngest family member diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Okay, uh, females, as far as of the screening recommendations, you have your ultrasound annually at 25 or 35 years, uh, an endometrial biopsy as well. I've seen these screening questions several times, so make sure this slide is, it really sticks to your mind uh, before the test. Next, please. Uh, Turcot syndrome and Garner syndrome. Uh, Turcot is due to an APC gene mutation and it's colorectal cancer with uh, brain tumors. And Gardner is uh, basically colorectal cancer with uh, desmoid uh, tumors as well as adenomas. Next, FAP, it's secondary to an APC mutation. Uh, you're gonna see colon adenomas. Uh, screening questions as well, flexible sigmoidoscopy annually at age 10 to 15 years, as well as uh, upper endoscopy uh, each one to three years after age uh, 25. Uh, patients are going to require surgery, and of course, it's going to depend if the, if the patient has cancer cancer or no. If the patient has cancer, then you're going to do a subtotal colectomy or segmental uh, colectomy. Next, please. If not, then uh, total proctocolectomy with ileostomy or total abdominal colectomy with ileorectal anastomosis might be the surgery of choice. Uh, condyloma uh, usually caused due to HPP, HPV, I'm sorry, and a fulguration is the treatment of choice. Next. Anal fissures is another. Uh, common consult, and I've seen it several times on the outside as well. Uh, it's basically caused by a hypertonic internal anal sphincter, and of course, insufficient fiber on your diet. Uh, make sure that you recommend for these patients to drink a lot of water, fiber, uh, make sure that they also have an ifedipine ointment, some seeds fats as well. And if that doesn't help, then, uh, then we have to perform a lateral internal Analyst sphincterotomy, the drawback of that is that the patient can develop incontinence. Next. Hemorrhoids is also a common uh, question and a common consult uh, during uh, the, the, especially if you're rotated at AVA, uh, make sure that you know the classifications of uh, hemorrhoids, which you're gonna see on the next slide. And uh, risk factors, of, of course, are gonna include that obesity, pregnancy, uh, constipation as well. Uh, next. That's the classification. I've seen it as well several times uh, on the app site. Make sure you review it the day before. Sometimes get a little bit, a little bit confusing. Uh, next, if you see a patient or a question with someone that is either uh, less than forty years old, make sure you do a screening for colon cancer. Uh, patients can present with this unusual 
uh, complaint as far as the hemorrhoids. Of course, if it's somebody that is elderly, uh, make sure you're going to do seats, baths, stool softeners, increased water intake, fiber intake, some ointment, and then uh, you are going, uh, if that fails, then of course you can do rubber band ligation, sclerotherapy, or hemorrhoidectomy. Uh, for thrombosis, external hemorrhoids, you can do an office excision if the patient presents less than four to five days uh, from onset. Next, pylonidal cyst, uh, they usually present in the back and it's basically uh, an infected hair containing a sinus. Uh, your treatment is going to be an IND of the cyst uh, with marsupialization and closure. Uh, proctitis, you can have uh, HPV as a cause, CMV can be somebody with UC or uh, with uh, CDF as well. Treat the underlying cause. Next, anal fistulas, uh, they are, uh, can be tricky to treat. Uh, they're mostly uh, posteriors. Uh, if they are presented on the lateral fashion, make sure you, you rule out other diseases such as HIV, uh, or TB. Remember your Gossault uh, rule, uh, which is also known as the dog uh, rule. The way that is the dog noses are straight and their tails are curved, okay? That's why they call it, call it like that. Next, please. The Absite Smackdown Podcast, bringing you the best of your Absite review. On fistulas, your treatment, of course, is going to be a fistulotomy. Complication uh, of that is going to be incontinence. Uh, you, uh, if the fistula involves the external sphincter, sometimes the patients can receive in a stage uh, fistulotomy with non-cutting cetones. Next, rectal prolapse. I've seen this question several times as well. Uh, women's more than. 60 years old, uh, they're going to present with a rectal wall that is protruding through the anus. Of course, there is incontinence. It could be also a vaginal or uterine prolapse. Uh, and some of the uh, associations are usually weak pelvic floor. Uh, patients that are a good operative candidate, and this is where the questions become tricky. Sometimes they're going to put you somebody that is totally frail, uh, and uh, you probably are going to say, you know what, this is not a good patient to take him to the operating room. But if it's a good candidate, then you can do laparotomy and rectopexy if needed be. If not, then uh, you can do a perineal approach for resection of the mucosa and the submucosa. Next. Anal cancer, uh, it's a frequent associated with HPV infections. Usually it's a squamous cell cancer, of course, is uh, associated with HIV, Crohn's, and male-to-male -male, uh, intercourse. Patients usually present with just pain, pruritus, rectal bleeding. Uh, make sure you order your colonoscopy with biopsy for your diagnosis, and you're going to do your staging with a CT abdomen and pelvis. Next. As part of the treatment, you're going to do your NIAGRA protocol, and if that doesn't work, then the patient is going to get uh, an APR for recurrent or persistent disease after your medical treatment. Next. Uh, several miscellaneous topics, you know, uh, stompochitis, you know, is treated with short-chain fatty acid enema. Uh, you can also do flagell. Uh, it's very important 
for patients, uh, don't, for, sorry, um, for patients or for remember this about the internal Alex Fincher, because that is uh, a frequent question that I see sometimes. Uh, next, this is just to let us know that the polypectomy performed by colonoscopy and pathology shows a T1 cancer, then make sure you're doing your continuous surveillance. Next, um, when I saw this slide, I would like to let you guys know, make sure that you remember your steps on colonoscopy because I've seen that question several times as well. So don't forget uh, your steps for colonoscopy for those that have rotated already for the GI the GI lab. Next, these are the different uh, treatments that you can do once you receive uh, your uh, pathology. And with that, go uh, next. Let's just start with our question. So question number one, so colectomies in patients with ulcerative colitis do not improve. Let's see how I mentioned this when I was uh, having uh, when I was talking, discussing about this, so show us the answer, uh, Jess, please. This particular case was ankylosis uh, and spondylitis. Uh, next, please. You have a 45-year-old male involved in a motor vehicle collision. He underwent bilateral femur fracture repair, and he required high amounts of narcotics and pain control. Then he started complaining of nausea and vomiting. He plain field shows distended cecum, and you place an NG tube, keep MPO, and he doesn't improve. What would be the next step? Anybody in the chat? I don't see anything. Okay, uh, Jess, please. Okay, neostigmine. Okay, next. He continued to have symptoms despite this, this treatment. What are you going to do next? Let's uh, see the answer. Endoscopic decompression. Okay. Next, all of the above are true except, and this goes to that slide where I show you that uh, uh, all the fascias of the pelvis. And uh, I think the answer on this one is going to be a C. Let's see. Yep, it's uh, pre-sacral fascia doesn't cover the bladder, it's just all the venous plexus, uh, pre-sacral venous plexus. Next, and a 20-year-old with Crohn's has asymptomatic perianal fistula. What are we going to do for her? If it's asymptomatic, just let it be. So the answer would be uh, C. Next. Perfect. Excellent. Is there any questions from the team? Alrighty, well, thank you very much, guys, for having me. It has been an honor, and I'll see you on another session. Get more AppSite content in your daily routine. Visit us on Instagram at daily.appsite.fact, on Facebook at AppSite Smackdown, or LinkedIn at AppSite Smackdown. And you can catch the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any place you listen to your favorites. Don't forget our YouTube channel, AppSite Smackdown.